gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Sonoma Sun FM presents live from Sonoma, California. Which of course in German means a whale's vagina. Tim Livingston. Hey, big time Timmy Jim. What's up? Pete Livingston. My name? Uh, uh, Pete. Uh, and Sam Livingston. Uh, I hate rabbits. Taking you into Mondays, the only way they know how. With love. I love you, Kick Puncher! Los Livingston Brothers on Sonoma Sun FM, KSVY 91.3, Sonoma. Greetings. Greetings, Earthlings. Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> we, we are now taking over, over your radio. radio. True statement. I think that may have to be (laughs) our new intro music. I'm pretty sure that is. Uh, We'll get on that next week. (laughs) We need to get back into making intros. I've said that many times. Go back and listen to our old shows. We had some awesome... We did. We we had some great intros. Welcome to Los Livingston Brothers after our, our week hiatus. We have returned. It is the second weekend of October. That's October. That's October in Espanol. I am Tim, sitting next to me. Go ahead. That's Pete. Sitting next to him is Samuel. That's me. And sitting next to him, our special guest. He is our special birthday guest. Happy birthday, sir. Uh, He is our most bearded guest. It won't be next week. Uh, Our most resplendent guest. One Harrison Young. Harrison, thank you I'm for joining us. Next week. I, it's been a while since I'm you've been turning, on the show. I'm turning 25, so I need to tone down the years. Tone down a little bit? Yeah. Huh. We're glad that you can make it old. on the... I know you've been really busy and you haven't been, been able to been on the show for... I don't... God, I don't even remember the last like time. Like a week. But thank you for coming onto the show. It means a lot. <laughs> I was like, I was here last week when you guys weren't even here. <laughs> <laughs> So Harrison Young Absolutely, will be our special guest in the studio. Anytime. Yep. Um, again, as per usual. Per usual. Lots of stuff going down. We 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 have a grip. We have a pulse on culture. We, we love culture. We feel we, we feel as if our 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 heartbeats intertwine with culture. Except for Harrison. Harrison only likes white culture. <laughs> That's so not true. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's so, no. so true. <laughs> and three three minutes into the show, we've taken a sharp left turn. Um, why do I only... What? 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 I don't know, Harrison. Tell everybody why. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Harrison's drunk right now. No, I, wish I was drunk because that might make sense. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Harrison is not. Harrison is a very open-minded individual. He likes the uh, scrappy, uh, gritty, white, gritty uh, a- white athletes God. in sports, and he also appreciates, you know, the 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 smooth raw power of uh, the Chocolate Brothers. Yeah. in in <laughs> the athletic world. God. Uh, what are you, just, just, Tim? Just, are you are you just, are you more are you more are you more gritty? What's your preference when you watch when you watch sports? Do you want to see the? I want to see grit. You, grit. I want grit. I want that grit. You think there's is there too much? Is there a lack of grit in I, the athletic world? I, 
I feel scra- as is if... Is there a lack of scrappiness and grit in I the I feel <laughs> as if... I think there needs to be some sliminess going on, Scrap too. <laughs> and grit. You just don't see anymore. And it's just... It's, uh, it's disturbing a trend, as you'll see in sports, that the grit and the determination has been removed from this beautiful game. Unless you have a beard. I think that I need to fly to the East Coast <laughs> and show Boston how to grow a beard. Hey, well, not not Mike Napoli, though. The Bro Sox. Yeah, they need some lessons. Mike Napoli, though. Hey, that was a scrappy win. <laughs> they sc- Scrappies. Actually, yeah. that was not scrappy. That you know what that was? Stolen. That was a that was powerful. Fantastic. That was explosive. Well, it's like, okay, so let's just set the scene, folks. Those are, in case you guys are, are, are not up to uh, up to par, scrappy and gritty and gritty are all adjectives used to describe short, short, underutilized like, white athletes. White athletes. And explosive, <laughs> powerful, I don't know. What else are you? There's this overt racism. That's that for the Latin and for the Latin. Black I've heard spark plug for the Latinos, which is spark plug. That's yeah, yeah. It's like I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, Scrappy isn't really that. Like if you're if you're sitting either, at home so. playing overtly racist bingo for your baseball games, yeah. there's a good chance you got it after like the fourth inning. Mm-hmm. So sooner or later, sooner or later. But yeah, so I mean. Are we going right? In, are we going into sports? I is this? I think what we'll do is we'll, let's just hit a grand slam right into it. I mean, like, <laughs> God damn it, Harrison. So, so let's let's just. I mean, let's just lay it out there on the table, folks. You have one of the best postseason players in history. Go. What is that? Go up. What is that? It's the top ten legit Pokemon. But what is that? It's me. It's like a fork stuck underneath his skin, and it's protruding through his what? torso. Is that no, Sam? You uh, post that to the Facebook <laughs> page. We need that on our Facebook page. Yeah, don't play um, the video because it's I'm pointless. Not, but yeah, post it. Just the URL. Pokemon be getting crazy. Cray so cray. Continue, I just saw that picture and I was like, "What is that?" Yeah, I don't it's know like what that really is. Scrappy picture. You'll see. It. It's a, that's it's a scrappy version of Mewtwo. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's but a scrappy version. At least of Mewtwo. it's not actual Mewtwo. It's like no a, Mewtwo it's wasn't like scrappy. Price. He was no. He was quote unquote most savage hearted from the Pokédex. Mm. Savage hearted. Tim, but, but like, so back to you, Tim. You watch baseball. We we all enjoy baseball, right? We, we are all aficionados yeah, of, of America's pastime. Unless my team loses, then unless I get our team upset. loses, then I hate then baseball. We punch people. But for me, yes, you were waiting for this moment. Which moment? The moment that happened in the eighth inning when you had the bases loaded, you had two outs, and the tying run at the plate happened to be one of the best postseason players of all time. A Who guy, was pitching? Um, Joaquin Benoit. So it wasn't they took out ben, Scherzer? Ben, yeah. So Scherzer was out at the beginning of this inning. They went to the relievers, which is understandable. Which is understandable. You get through the he had 108, 108 pitches, but he was brilliant. Seven innings, thirteen Ks. You know what though? One hundred eight. That's not 
a whole lot of pitches. That's no. what I was saying. That's not but a whole the lot. The reason he gets brought out is because the Tigers are up five. Dude, yeah, one. you're up fi- five. You're up, one. Yeah, you're up five right. one, and it's the eighth inning. You so you're just sitting there going, like, sweet, we have, a, we have, a, we have this chance to go up two nothing. And we're going to hand the ball off to, to one of our best pitchers. And it's a long series, right? right. Seven games. So you know he's got to give him his So best. you bring in one of the best relievers in baseball, Drew Smiley. And he promptly, he promptly walks a he guy. To, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with these pitchers and coming so in and throwing. And so he walks a guy. When he walks a guy, Al Albuquerque comes in, gets Shane Victorino swinging badly at a slider. And then Pajoya singles, moving the bases loaded for, for, for David Ortiz. And it's just, you know, everybody talks about it when there's a big moment in baseball. It's like, but this is actually, like, a huge moment because it's the entire series basically down to this one at bat because if you go down 2 nothing, very rare that you come back, even though we've seen the Red Sox do it before. But you're just sitting there going, like, what if Poppy just parked one? Of course, that has to be in every the right. back of everybody's mind. That's like, the thing, what right? If he hits a home run? So, what if Poppy just scraps one out of the park? Just, you know? What if he? What if he just says, you know what? Yeah. No, 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 no. With Poppy, it would not be. He would. It would be an explosive uh, display of power, of raw power. God, right? But if, you're just sitting there going like, in every boss plug, you might say every spark. Boston, every Boston fans like hoping for it, right? Of course. And so, Poppy, Joaquin Benoit was a great closer for a good amount of this year. But had his troubles. Kay. But you're sitting there going, like, you know what? He's coming in. It's a 4-1 lead. Nothing to lose. You're bringing him in because he's your best guy in the bullpen right now, and you need to have him face the best that the Red Sox have to offer. And then Poppy crushes the first pitch. Wow. And Location? What was the pitch? It was about right it was down the outer the half. Outer half. What was the pitch? Thigh high, fastball. Yeah. Torrey Hunter goes into a dead sprint towards the fence and literally jumps over the fence trying to catch this ball. Was it catchable? Totally catchable. On replays, it was the ball was maybe six inches above his glove, if that. And if he would have read it right, he probably And if he read it right, it, he, he totally yeah. could have caught that. That sounds balling. Not yeah. only that, not only that, but... He hits the top of the fence and flips over. Dude, you got to... Okay, I'm not going to lie. I bag on Torrey Hunter a lot. Right. I think he's like a crybaby, <laughs> kind of. Kind of can be pretty pre- Madonna-esque. Like, That's gangster. No, it's like, oh, See, I take that back. Yeah. I can't... I, can, I can't come up with a better adjective than gangster when describing yeah. an athletic play from an African-American athlete. <laughs> I think that's horrible. I wasn't thinking that, but I wasn't thinking that. that I wasn't either, but as soon as it came out of my mouth, like consi- I just, I put consi- it together. I was consi- like, oh my god, Tori Hunter! I used gangster. That's oh horrible. God. It was like but, when we were watching that KFC commercial, uh-huh. and the, that white cop <laughs> is eating the fried chicken, and then the, of course, like that's the black older cop, right? The lieutenant mm-hmm. or whatever. He's like, this one's right, on I'll, you. I'll, I'll, this one's on you. Yeah. And he like, and then as the white cops go out, the black guy just takes the chicken and starts oh, eating fried it. Fried chicken. Like, yeah. God. Oh, KFC, like, mind blown. KFC, come on, man. Shoot. But that's the thing. It's like, so you have a guy who totally understands the situation and literally does everything he possibly can to, to get this ball. And 
flips over the, the fence and into the bullpen trying to catch this thing. So not only does he hit a grand slam, he injures the other So Tory Hunter was injured. Yeah. No. He, he did bat in the top of the ninth. I think he's going to be okay. He's, he'll be fine. And then uh, Johnny Gomes, Petaluma's own, not only lays out an infield single, but the ball gets pie first base, goes out of play. He goes to second. And then on a wild pitch to Jared Satomake, he goes over to third, drawn an infield, it singles through the left side, and the Red Sox win this game. Of course. This is now all of a sudden a series that America has to watch. I think so, too. Well, here's the thing. They didn't... They, I mean, losing that game is horrible, but you still have to think about it. You went into Boston, and you still come out 1-1. One and one. You and that won is, one in Boston. That's the truth. It's like you're going in, yeah, you know, you, you, you're hoping now that with you getting three, it's like, yeah, you got you to gotta go and win the home games, and you win this series. Yeah, and you still have Verlander. the elite pitching staff. Yeah, Verlander. Your pitching staff yeah. is still better Man, than Boston. I'll tell you what, though. What would you... Uh, so... Who? You obviously don't want to keep momentum going. You know, you don't want to, like, intentionally walk David Ortiz. But, I mean, granted, worst case scenario, you give up the Grand Slam. Is, I don't you, think you, you should have been pitching a, a fastball, like, right on the Just play. junk, yeah, right? Yeah. Just junk around the strike zone? Yeah, I mean... Are you assuming that it was just a missed pitch, or was that... Like location, were they like setting up outside corner for Poppy? Yeah, no that that pitch actually looked like he was heading right for the glove. That just seems then that is then that's on. I mean that's yeah that's on you. You got to. I mean, video. who was up after um, Mike Napoli. Poppy, Mike Mike Nap. Yeah, I mean I'd rather face. It's like you Mike know what? Napoli. Throw him throw him junk if you walk him in. Who cares? You, yeah, you still got a three run lead. And how many outs were the there? Next guy, two outs. Two outs. Oh my goodness! Yeah, throw and him then, junk. Yeah. You give up a run, no big deal. And if then you know what, the next guy's probably not going to hurt you with the home run anyway. So you know, play the uh, outfield back. Play yeah, for doubles defense and mm. just you know if they you can't get a pass them, say the guy gets a hit. Okay, now it's five four and you're still ahead. But instead, they just throw a fastball. Like, and this comes after a stretch in the sixth, where Boston's down one nothing, and then the Tigers go homer, double, double, homer mm-hmm. to go out five nothing. Yeah. yeah, and only until right before the second homer by Alex Avila do they get someone up in the pen, and it's because Buckholz was sitting at seventy five pitches. And it's just like that's cool. He's at seventy five pitches, but he doesn't have his stuff. Yeah. So Which was the argument in the A's game. And you so. can it's like the same thing with uh Scherzer. It's like why are you taking him out yeah. when he's pitching so perfectly and I mean he yeah. has hundred and five pitches or whatever, but at the same time, I mean all of these teams playing against Detroit are just praying that they take out their starters. Yeah. True. They're just trying to wither down these starters to get right. to the bullpen. Because even even if the bullpen is dominant, it's not nearly as dominant as the starting pitching. And you know what, though? But I still think you... Just the law of averages in baseball, you would think these aren't beer league softball players that they're bringing in. These are professional major league baseball players. So you would just think... That 
being up five to one in the eighth inning, there's no way in hell you could give it up. You know, you're going to a dependable reliever. You already got seven amazingly strong. It's like, you know, if Scherzer it's, went eight, I would have just said game over. And then well, I they, I said game out, over. I'm like. I, I'm still I'm still content on watching this game because not, I said game over. I stopped watching so, it as soon as it was five to nothing. I, I so, was like, so let's let's go. What are we get? Where <laughs> are you going on the internet? It's no, go back, go back. Where? Sh- where? The, how? D- <laughs> the three. Where oh were you? God. Go back to that. Look, Comments. Look at where we it's got Doug Trio Muscle Builders. Together underground, it is the greatest thing ever. Look, Doug Trio, body. look where we got to on the internet. That is amazing. Wow, I don't need to see that. <laughs> That's just not fair. It's not right. They're like cuffing each other. It's kind of I, you know what though. It kind of that eventually happens if you're on the internet for so, far too long. So let's so you let's, go down the rabbit hole, and you're like, how did I? So I go, you go down the common list a little too far. Yeah. I but, just wanted to check my fantasy football team. How did I get here? Well, I want to I go through the eighth really quick, right? So by the time the eighth inning Do began. We have to? No, no, no. No, no, no. This is going to be real quick. By the time the eighth inning began, the Tigers were at a win probability of 95.6%. Yeah. Right? It was in the past. 95.6%. Then Varus got Steven Drew to ground out. That yeah. puts it at 97% for wow. the Tigers. Yeah. Then, Varus gives up the double to Will Middlebrooks. Drew Smiley comes in and walks Jacoby Ellsbury. Al Albuquerque comes in and gets Shane Victorino to strike out. So the Tigers at 96% to win before Pedroia comes up. Pedroia singles, puts that 92.5. Poppy's homer swings it to 52.7% in favor of... Of the Red Sox. Wow. Almost an entire half of a game swing. That, yeah. I mean, right? You could basically say it wasn't. That's incredible. Half. Who's coming up with these numbers? So There's a whole thing on that. Elliot yeah, always does it's that. Called, it's called win probability. And so the idea is through, multiple, through all the games that have been charted in baseball, all the probabilities for any type of a bat that comes up have been added. And so what they did is they calculated what the chances were for a team to win at any given point. So if you're down 5-1 to start the eighth inning of a game and uh, you're the home team, you're at a disadvantage of about 96%. That's a lot of percent. Right? Because the only time you win is if you win at 100%. You have to win the game by 100%. That makes sense. So the idea being you're on the far, far, far reaching end. The only way you're going to win a game with 100% is when you win the game. Right. I just lost the game. Of course. But, uh, but yeah. So that was that was great, though. Sports, baseball, awesome. That's what it's about. It was fantastic. So, uh, But that that's that's what I wanted to start with. I know you have things. And the Dodgers are down 0-2. That's fantastic. That's, that's all I need to and say. And then we'll touch that. on NFL. And, I had a NFLA crappy or... fantasy football. League. I did all right. I had a horrible fan. Like, my whole team's, you know, I had, I think, three guys go out with injuries. And it was just, it was just horrible. It was just absolutely horrible. I ran into two quarterback buzzsaws uh, two weeks in a row in Tony Romo and... uh, Matt Stafford? 
Yeah, Matthew yeah. Stafford this week. And I'm just like, can I get a break? I really just want a break. It seems like even in one of my other leagues, the week before the Tony Romo game, I had like three or four position guys blow up on me for huh. like 28 points. You know, like I, I can't remember which running back it was, but it's just freaking just let me get a normal fantasy football game. Right. Or at least let me blow up on some people. I want to blow up on some people. But 49ers. Good work. Right? Yeah. Four and two. Very I happy. like that. Yeah. Raiders played the Chiefs tough. Yeah. I thought the Raiders would win that, but no dice. No. Um, thoughts on the 49ers? Like we said, they got through the first five games, three and two, which I would have taken hands down. But with the injuries, four and two. Well, I talked about over at Harrison's house when we were celebrating his birthday. uh, The injuries that they have, they're not exactly decimated with energy, energies, injuries, Injuries. Mm -hmm. but the injuries that they do have are at key positions. Right. Uh, You have, of course, Michael Crabtree, which hurts tremendously. Right. And then, of course, uh, Patrick Willis, who came back today, just come back. And then um, Alden Smith. Who gone is going to be gone for basically for the rest of the season. Personal reasons, but you do you're you're stretching. Already, you have a defensive line. Some of my concerns going forward. I'm not too concerned about them not getting in to the playoffs because even with these injuries, I still think you have to say, outside of the Seahawks rematch at home, right? That I I wouldn't be surprised if they win. The rest of their games, but their the games are going to be competitive. Right. I don't know if Farley's. I know he went down with like a hamstring or something during the game today. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is a big deal. If he's coming, you can't lose him. Who are you going to have play nose tackle? Dorsey, yeah, or yeah. Dorsey. Yeah. Who did I say? Fairly, Farley, yeah. Fairly. Excuse me, my bad, but. You can't have you can't lose Dorsey. Yeah, dude actually has been coming into his own. Yeah. this year has He's really stepped up his out, game. Yeah. But you can't. I don't. You're really rolling the dice if yeah. you're going to demand even more out of Smith numero dos. Yeah, but if you but if I mean you're having Justin, you're going to have him play both the nose and defensive end spot. Right, getting a lot of reps. Right, and you're only six weeks in the season. You still have. Um, you know, another ten games to go. Yeah. You know, best case scenario, you can secure a playoff spot, get those guys some rest. But that's probably the biggest thing going forward defensively. They're having guys step up, which is huge. Their DBs are actually ball hawking now, yeah. getting interceptions, which is big. Offense is still struggling a little bit. I don't know, but they're winning. That's all that I care about, really. Yeah. At the end of the day, and they're—I think they're still trying to find their groove. You know, yeah. Cap is still not really doing it necessarily. To right now, yeah, but we shall see because he needs they they'll they'll they're starting to figure some things out here. That's the biggest part. So they have to rediscover their identity. They have to discover who they are. Forty nine er level scrappiness, ten being the most. One being it's the like least. a they're like a eleven. They're like yeah. They're, no, they're David you know Epstein. what? S- Seattle is like an eleven. 49ers right now are kind of they're at a soft they're kind of at a soft seven yeah 
You know, when maybe, they want to when, when they want to get gritty, they'll get gritty. Oh, they'll get gritty. But you know what I mean? They'll get gritty. They can get, they can look kind of soft sometimes. Yeah. Um I think I like I said I think they're still trying to find their identity. They they were coming in. I think everybody came in with the mindset that they would just be able to explode on offense because that's what Kaepernick did right. in those six or seven games that he played in last year yeah. when he kind of came in, burst on the scene, and every game was an explosion of offense. You know, 200 yards rushing against the Packers, yeah. you know, f- borderline 400 yards in the air, whatever. Yeah. And now they're saying they're seeing that Kaepernick can't just explode whenever he wants to. Yeah. And so now that I think they're retweaking, rediscovering themselves, right? Kind of going back to their roots a little bit. I still don't think you can. You, I still don't think you can run Frank Gore like twenty five times a game. I think they still have to give him quality touches. I think they need to look towards their other running backs. They do, yeah. I think they need to get Lamichael James in there more. Yeah, they need to not treat him as a speed back. They need to actually get him some running back yeah, carries, and they will. I think they need to get back to doing quality carries where they set up where Frank Gore, he would be like, oh, he only ran the ball 15 times, but he got like 120 yards in a a touchdown and would quietly kind of, you know, he would gain eight yards, you know, six yards. They'll get back to that. But defense, I don't know. What do you think? You like Reed. You sent me a text, Reed. He's fantastic. You're looking at your fancy football team. Yep. Is that what you want to talk about? Fancy football? No. I'm just taking a look, seeing if there's anyone that, like, jumped out of me, but... um. Now nah, he's good. That guy is good. Like we were talking about, it's like that's not just one of the best young safeties. That's one of the best safeties in football. Period. Draft him for a reason. I mean, that's game changer type stuff right there. And it's good have him locked up for a while. Yep, he'll be he'll be good. I mean, my my whole thing is I want that guy to to be the focal point of the team going forward. You know, I so. know it may be a little bit of, of a stretch, but you can't say that he's lot esque. Right? No, I can't Coming go there. Rookie. No, I can't no. say that. We have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Buenos noches. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jay. Hey, what up, Jay? Hey, what's up, man? I, I heard you talking football. I had to chime in. Please. Um, first off, I think the Niners are sandbagging. They could be. There's a chance well, of that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Cap's got a target on his back, and um, I think that right now, Harbaugh is saved. He's kind of stealing the option run for the second half of the season in the playoffs. It's very true. They haven't ran the option nearly as much no. as he did yeah, last year. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, you'll first see the explosive offense when the next time San Francisco plays Seattle. I think I so. I think that's in December. Uh, yeah, and it's a, I think it's their second to last game. Third, third, third to last, to last game, game. Yeah. And I think it's fair to assume that we really won't see a full-scale offensive assault from the 49ers till they're getting Mike Crabtree back yeah. and he's getting his um getting back up to um his his game speed right. conditioning you know route running that's going to be a huge difference when you're going to have Bolden on one side Crabtree on the other and then Vernon Davis right. who's just he is absolutely insane, and people who easily forget about him, then he has games like today where I don't know how many yeah, receiving yards he had. I, but I feel that like Vernon Vernon is not reliable in the clutch, though. Like Sometimes he comes out in the clutch, sometimes he doesn't. Um, I think he's got a hugely inflated ego. I'm not a Vernon Davis fan. Uh, I, I think he's good. 
sometimes, and I think he's not good other times. I think not having um, Alden Smith kind of you know hurts. Yeah, I, th- I mean that's you're taking nineteen and a half sacks off the board, which. Yeah. Well, no. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Alden Smith, I find he's good. He's he's good. He's amazing. But I think Justin Smith sets up everything. Oh, well, definitely. Smith. He's not half the player he is. That's true. I mean, he's definitely a byproduct of the defense and the players. Yeah, around he's a him. byproduct of the defense, and um, I think that you're gonna, you know, right now they have to keep uh, Caps run. Just sort of they're trying to make people forget about it. Is what it is. I would agree with that. Oh. Yeah, and but what I really wanted to talk about is the only team in the NFL that matters, which oh. is the Bears. Oh, the Bears! I'll tell you the what, Bears. it's still hard. We're just gonna we're gonna keep plowing over bad teams until we get to the playoffs. You got? I mean, they really are. I looked at the rest of their schedule. Who's gonna beat them in yeah, the I mean, NFC North? Are they? I mean, they could they go twelve and <laughs> could they go like thirteen and three? Yeah, they could I totally think they go will. Thirteen and three. Totally I really could. think they will. They could. They could. I, the fact that the Saints lost today, yeah, I mean yeah. Seattle. There's a good chance that at the end of the year, because mm-hmm. New, Orleans, New Orleans is playing some stiff competition down the the the, uh, the rest of their schedule, and Seattle and San Francisco are going to beat up on each other, that the Bears could get a bye. Yeah, there's a very good chance yeah. of that. Very good. Yeah, chance. I think I think the Bears will at. I think the Bears are a lock for the wild card. No, they they should they should win their division. I th- I would definitely should win the division. I think Green Bay can rally and beat the Bears in the division, but, but I think the Bears will be strong enough to get the wild card. Detroit's kind of a dark horse. Stafford always buckles in the fourth quarter. He's been doing good lately, though. Well, and Calvin Johnson's kind of had some a little bit of yeah. health issues. Yeah, they're not using him as much. They got by Cleveland today. Um, and also, Stafford is inevitably going to get injured because he's a Madden cover athlete. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the the Bears <laughs> is realer than everything. I don't know, man. I still remember the end of that game where he had a dislocated shoulder and he still won that. That was ridiculous. So, well, yeah. um, I don't know. the The Green Bay Packers might be without. Uh, they're definitely going to be without James Jones. It looks like Jones, I think, tore something in his knee. Uh, there's no word on Randall Cobb yet. Uh, but if they're without those two guys, that's a tough go for Aaron Rodgers. He already has a banged up offensive line. They're missing Clay Matthews on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean. You lose two of his best receivers. That that takes a lot of umph out of their offense, so. and they're thin at running back. Yeah, and they and they keep getting one hundred yard games out of guys. But it, it, the whole thing is, it's great to get hundred yard games, but you got to be able to put points up on the board too. Yeah, so. and they were using and, Cobb at that running back position sometimes. too. But on the in regards to the Bears, I think even though they're going to have an amazing record, they're going to win the North. I think people are still having a hard time taking them seriously as a legitimate threat. It's just there's so many yeah. so many weird things. And I think that that plays into their favor. It's the whole thing. You know, they have a, a first-year head NFL coach who's kind of bounced around the Canadian League, you know, European League, like call it, you know, never got a shot in the pros, almost was thought of as like a uh, like a joke, but has come out and just reinvigorated the offense, with which – the Bears had basically lacked for the past, I don't know, however well, many here's the, years. Here's the thing with that. Okay, Lovey Smith does not know how to run an offense. I, I respect the heck out of the guy. He took us to the Super Bowl, provided we lost. I blame Rex Grossman for that. He was the Colt MVP that year. Sexy Rexy. <laughs> 
Um, but um, the thing with um, the thing with the Bears is that I thought that immediately because Lovey's an amazing defensive coach, and when he when he got fired, I thought, okay, the Bears D is going to suffer big time. But the Bears actually have, you know, probably one of the best D's still in the league right now, and that has a lot to do with Julius Peppers just sort of holding it all together. Yeah. The new coach is actually rallying us to do a better offense. And um, I think that they're just not used to it yet. I don't think that I think that Jay Cutler is not used to having offensive options. Even though last season he did have Brandon Marshall and Fort, um, we're but, kind of lacking in the tight end department. But but they were know, just totally underutilized. They're offensively, but this this coach is I don't I don't know. I think genius gets thrown around too much. But this is what mm-hmm. this guy is known for is is offense and scoring points. And it's kind of yeah. you know kind of that offensive guru esque head coach. And see now, I wish that we we would have kept uh, Marts because the new head coach and Marts together would have made it an explosive offense. Because Cutler works amazingly in the Marts system. It's just that you know they decided to fire him before he actually got used to the system. Very true. Yeah, and the the the, other, the only other comment I wanted to make was so I think that the Manning family shares like a pool of talent. And then Peyton was just like, yo, Eli, I'm coming off this injury. We just got Welker. I really need this season to be a big one. So I'm just going to take all the talent this season. Not going to leave you with much, bro. And uh, I'm going to take Denver all the way. And right now, Eli, I don't know what happened to him, man. He's a Super Bowl champion turned worst quarterback in the league. Like, What's going on there, dude? That is I, – I don't know if anybody has a question. I mean, the only people who have the answer to that are in that – locker room i couldn't inside break, eli's head yeah i don't even know but well, that is just one I, I of the, the most abysmal i know the o-line is like a bunch of ragtag rookie kids yeah now they're that's th- like the big thing but you know eli's you know peyton could you know peyton tom brady they could still work with that because if you look at their release time they release in like yeah they're like the, arguably the fastest the per actually the fastest thing they file is that rookie kid for the buffalo bills they they timed him out. He has the fastest release time in the NFL, and he's mm. one of the most accurate passers, which is pretty crazy. So I think that's kind of right. fun. But yeah, no, definitely those guys. They those guys. They're they're those guys are just veterans, and they just understand so much. And because I mean, the Bears have a pretty bad offensive line too. But when they when we played New York, I mean, I swear New York's offensive line made the Bears' offensive line look like Troy Aikman's offensive line. Yeah. No, they. I mean, especially if you want to talk about the Giants, they're just beyond in a rebuilding year. They have a lot of missing pieces that they're trying to get back and, together. Aren't you? And, you know, it, it's pretty obvious to see that, but it's a shame that, like, I mean, Tom Coughlin and Eli are, like, at each other's throats. He's just like, dude, I'm so disappointed in this guy. So it's like, dude, you have a bad offensive line. You, you got sacked ten times in one half. Like, what do you want the guy to do, you know? Yeah. Very true. But he's just like, yeah, I'm disappointed in Eli. And then Eli's just like, yeah, well, Tom is this. And, and they're at each other's throats. It's like the team chemistry is ex- like imploding right now. Well, Jay, do you have anything to say to the birthday boy before we let you go? Uh, happy birthday, Harrison. Hey, if, if you're coming to Petaluma tomorrow, I got a BizTech waiting for you. Ooh. That, that'll be great. Oh, boy. BizTech. Oh, boy. I, I will deliver a BizTech when I uh, go to Petaluma tomorrow. I will be very excited to eat it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to like cram a candle into it. We'll see how that works. <laughs> I'll still eat it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Thanks for calling, man. See you later, man. All right, later, guys. Take Bye. care. All right, very good. All right, I think we're done with sports. I think so. All right, 
move on. Um, um, by the way, when I said I'd still eat it, I said I'd I'd still eat that candle. Yeah, he would eat it with the candle yeah, in with it. The candle yeah, in just it. <laughs> you wouldn't even stick. Uh, I found a few things while uh, surfing the interwebs this week, and they released a new. They released a bunch of information for the new Metal Gear game. One of which is a, a new character, and one of which is a new trailer, kind of giving more info. And you know, the other ones were kind of. Vague, you didn't really know what was going on. Right. They would show like gameplay and stuff like that. And this one is a way more dark, the trailer, and it's super heavy. Basically, like the first half of it is nothing but uh kind of like war axe and like torture and stuff like that. Actually pretty gritty. <laughs> and oh man, that word. <laughs> and Metal Gear has a really strong history of pushing the limits well not storytelling really. uh, yeah i mean pushing the limits of storytelling but they are more open about war and the aftermath of war you know what comes with war what happens in war you know it's more on a deeper level whereas traditionally you look at the the usual you know call of duty mm-hmm. battlefield uh, the travesties of war is like, oh no, we're being attacked by the Russians. They're taking over. It's not the yeah. aftermath. And uh, Metal Gear Solid, the Metal Gear Solid, they always talk about that. They talk about child warriors, yada yada yada, and they g- delve into that super super heavy in uh, the trailer. You should check it out. It's an amazing trailer, but it's like part of it is like pretty unsettling. Um. Uh. They do like the whole. They show like waterboarding and shooting people. And, yeah, oh, I think I've already seen it. Right, kids getting trained and Doesn't stuff it, like that. If that's the somebody's th- like chest getting opened and like having their like heart ripped out or something like that, or not their heart, but it's like they're transferring. Yeah, kind of like the human trafficking type stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, weird. it's like pretty. It's like pretty crazy, pretty heavy stuff. Um, so you have that aspect. It gets in the very serious side of war. And then on the other end of the spectrum, which is just so mind-boggling, that uh, they release new information for a new character. Uh, her name is Quiet. No, yeah, this is like it's this isn't really new, right? It's no, it's not. It's it's not like yeah, t- it's yeah. not like it was released today. Yeah. Um, but probably like a week and a half ago, I think. I'd say a lot longer than that. I think. But it's it's still really new, yeah. Yeah, it's still considered new in I my books, s- in my books, in these books, it's new. Yeah, I actually had. No but it was idea at some like this. random like, I think it was at the, wasn't it at the Tokyo Game Show? It was at yeah, it was at um, uh. But it's like kind of hard to find stuff. E three Tokyo that Game t- Show yeah. that kind of yeah, and it's hard to find videos like it's unless e- you're exactly really on it. So like I was in a, I was gonna say it's kind of been under the radar, kind of lost and stuff, and it's now starting to get more like i found it on facebook yeah. somebody posted on facebook and i bookmarked it um but you have the super serious side that they're dealing with war all these you know travesties and then they release quiet traditionally uh, she is a sniper and the sniper characters in metal gear solid have always been female and that's you know okay cool they always kind of have the same running theme in each metal gear game except She's, She's the most like smoking hot, overly sexualized 
war character I've ever seen. Did you did you see his tweet on how they described making the character? They I, wanted to make it uncosplayable. No, they wanted. They, he was hoping that people would, would cosplay as her. No, no, it was the opposite. Are you sure? Yeah. In the article that I have, it was that uh, they wanted people to cosplay. They're no. hoping that people would cosplay as her. No. They said they wanted to be too risque or something too, like that. Well, it's very risque. Yeah, Basically, she's wearing, like, army fatigue, like, pants and, like, suspenders in the, like, a this string is... bikini top. Yeah. And she's, like, a sniper out there, like, out in, the middle in of the battle. Desert. Yeah. And I first saw the picture for the link for her character, and I thought it was, like, a joke. I was like, yeah, okay. And I clicked on it, and they were showing the whole bringing in the model, doing the 3D rendering with her, and then what she looked like in the game. And I was like, you're freaking kidding me. You're kidding me. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, (laughs) it's the most out-there thing. Like I said... They do the biggest, I don't really want to use a tribute, but they like hit the nail on the head, like the travesties of war, all this stuff that's horrible, the human trafficking, the torture, you know, like the PTSD, all this stuff. And then they add in these characters that are like the most unserious, just misogynistic things ever. (laughs) And you're just like, you have this heavy thing and then you just have this, like, it's like know? this chick would die in a day. It's like, come on, yeah, she's wearing a- that, and not. And I'm not saying like she, she would if she was properly dressed, she would survive. But it's just like you're out there in 110 degree heat in the desert wearing nothing. You're yeah, gonna die. out there like constant this- sun exposure and like who knows if you even have like sunscreen. It's just like it. It, it wouldn't matter at that point. Yeah, but it's almost like a. It's like a a satire. It's just, it seems almost comical, the fact. Yeah. <laughs> like, because the articles were, like, back-to-back. It was like, here's this trailer, watch this t- trailer. It's, like, not safe for work. Watching, and just like, oh, my God, this is heavy. Like, this is crazy stuff. And then there's, like, oh, like, more information. Quiet has been revealed. And you click on it, and you're just like, what? Is this, like, dead or alive? Like, beach volleyball? Like, Metal Gear Solid style? It's crazy. And yep. it just blew my mind. But that's probably one of the bigger things. And poor Tim. Tim's not feeling it. I'm tired. No, I'm. I'm do you wanna, totally. You need to show. Do you wanna, a totally stoked. To Tim. I'm, yeah, right. Yeah. Tim will. No, I'm totally stoked for this. Quietly one, scrap we, in the. We were bathroom. on this when Grand Zeroes was announced, and then Phantom Pain, which was obviously Metal Gear Solid Five, got announced. So this will be fun. But so like there's you can see kind of in the screenshot that's a character right and she has like gravity def- like the rack. Let me see. Just like gravity defying, it's like cut off, but you can still see. It's like oh cool, she's got like D's, but they have the perkiness of like a teenager. It's just like ridiculous. <sighs> Leave it to the Japanese. They know boobs. They do boobs very well. When I was at the Tokyo Game Show for SBO, they did a thing for Dead or Alive. They did, like, a special thing. It was, like, the first time they were showing it. And they were focused on the fact that they had, like, sweat. 
and they would like zoom in like in game like pause it zoom in on uh one of the female characters just like ginormous rack and how they was like sweaty and they were like it was like oh like awesome and i was like are you serious right now are you serious like let's just not worry about the gameplay yeah and like slow-mo like replay and so they could show like the body dynamics and i was like oh cool you individually animated each boob each boob like cool you know they had like translators like up there talking and stuff or not translators but they had um uh the uh subtitles and that was just for real like you're taking 15 20 minutes out of your huge tournament to like talk about dead or alive and boob how sweat. yeah boob sweat and <laughs> i was i was just i just couldn't believe it quote unquote dynamics yeah god shout out to dead or alive god um but sam do you have any news uh midterms going through them doing cool. pretty good nice i just have one more to do and it's bothering me yeah it's always tough to get through those yeah i probably should have gone home sooner today but that's okay i still have tomorrow to keep working that's right where were you today well just at home and then uh just came over to harrison's and then and it just ruined your day Spending time on your friend's birthday. I agree. It did. Thanks a lot, Harrison. Damn it, Harrison. Sorry I made you guys homemade pizza and cheesecake. It was so delicious. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry you guys witnessed Sam- like, the most craziest baseball yeah. game ever. Yeah. Happy birthday. So and watch The Walking Dead. And, so you know yeah. what? And Sam, what do you have to do? Sam complains about it. It is Horrible. the best it is the best worst way to spend my day if that's what you're wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was an awesome way to spend the day. Yeah. Thank you. From like 4 p.m. When did we go over, Timmy? Like 6. 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Thank you. From 7.30 p.m. yesterday. We cr- we woke Harrison up. We jumped on his bed at 4 a.m. and said, Breakfast. I was dead asleep. <laughs> he didn't wake up is what he's trying to say. But we did it anyway. Wayne Newton. There is now a photo autographed. Wayne Newton, I think. No, KD Lang, that's not, but he looks just like Wayne Newton. Is that not Wayne Newton right next to the share? That, that does, that, look, that looks like Wayne Newton. I'm calling him Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton, big fan of the show. Shout out. We always go and hang out at his uh, villa, his his villa in uh, Las Vegas. And he, makes, and he makes his own pasta. Yes. And sprinkles. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Great guy. Great guy. We told yeah, we he wanted to get on the show really bad, but we told him we don't have time. We we wanted to get Harrison on. Yeah. Like the eightieth time. <laughs> what? You've never been on this show before. Special guest, folks. Special guest. You know it's Columbus Day tomorrow. Yeah. And it is? It is? I think. Right? Yes, technically it is. Schools and, don't uh, celebrate that anymore, right? They shouldn't, because Columbus is a horrible, horrible man. My friend JJ uh she did a blog post about why Christopher Columbus sucks, and <laughs> it's true. That guy sucks really, really bad. He was like the father of American slavery. and <laughs> Basically, yeah. She cited, actually, the uh, I think it was the Huffington Post did a whole big uh, article about why Christopher Columbus is so bad, and 
they cited sources from uh, the journals, which I guess you can actually read. You can find them online of his men and from himself talking about like trafficking like nine and ten year old girls and stuff like that and just working people into slavery from like into the gold mines and it was just like horrible you're reading this stuff like this guy's the worst and like you're learning about him in school and you're like columbus is the best he sailed on the mayflower let's make pilgrim hats and turkey hands we love christopher columbus what were they thinking my kid will not celebrate Columbus Day. I think it's like left over, like since, like it was left in through like the sway of times. I we'll think, call it. I think it's. I will. I will. I will make Columbus Day. I'll call it the precursor to Christmas, and we'll have a mini Christmas. That's what we'll do at my house. Why? Because, by damn it, we're not going to celebrate Columbus Day. I'm going to get a mini. Christmas tree and put it in presents and mini presents. So no present bigger than let's see a box box dimensions about the size of a PlayStation four. No, they can't be bigger <laughs> than uh, something that would fit a ring in. Oh, that's a horrible idea. That's a great idea because it's always stupid anyway. So <laughs> we well, need to make it interesting. No, it's, we got to make it great. The precursor to so Christmas. You can buy somebody a car on fake, fake Christmas? Yeah, you can. I can? You can, if you really want to. Okay. Then you'll be off the hook for real Christmas. Be like, I already got you a car. Shut up. <laughs> Enjoy that. Bu- that got you a car for Columbus Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Columbus Day. <laughs> it's the precursor to Christmas Day. Precursor to Christmas we'll call- Day. That'll be Los Livingston Brothers Day. We are taking Columbus Day. We are riding in... On our on so, our Mayflowers. So we've already we've no. We're riding in on the Gus Johnson. No, he didn't ride the Mayflower, Pete. It's I, all mandatory. That was the Nina, the cars. Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Same thing. <laughs> They're horrible. I wish that they. I wish that a storm hit them, and storms did hit them. And but I wish they didn't make. I it. wish they. Yeah. I wish they made it to India. Because that's where. Because that's going. the joke. They're trying to go to India. You were trying to go. Yeah, to India. Spanish suck. <laughs> Even though I think they won the last World Cup. Yeah, they did. So they're pretty. Did they? Yeah. I think so. Oh. So yeah, oh. Columbus Day, horrible. Don't. Don't like it. <laughs> I don't support it. Yeah. And um. If I ever meet this Christopher Columbus guy, I'm gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> I'll fight him. I'm just gonna go around. You know what? I normally wouldn't do this, but it's Christopher Columbus Day, so I'm gonna get a double scoop. <laughs> double scoop. Double scoop of ice cream. When I normally get a single scoop, but you know what? It's Columbus Day. Yeah, I'm gonna celebrate a little bit. <sighs> We're horrible people. No, we are not. So, so the Walking a- Dead was okay. It was all right. I need to catch up. I'm. A season behind? Although from the sound of... Was it the producer that was Talking on? Dead, yeah. It sounds like it's going to be good. 
Yeah, it's gonna get crazy. But I mean, that's good. their job to say it's gonna be yeah, good, so. right. <laughs> to get like, you to it's watch. Like, yeah, it's not gonna be good. They so set some stuff up. It's gonna save you like a lot of time and just not watch it. No, they're not gonna say that. Was the last season the one where with the mayor and I everything? They, I think they the learned. governor. The governor. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm not. I just have to watch that season and then I'll be caught up. Even though I know it happens because I read the. Although they're bringing some like more comic book characters in, which cool. is cool. And they're all like super badass and stuff. So badass is always good. Yep. You know what? Um, I thought about. You know, in futuristic movies where we're so fixated on building like a buttload of robots that are people, like people right. robots, and they're Androids, like, yeah, you know, live amongst us. AI robot, AI Star Wars. You realize Star how Wars. Star Trek? We're so worried about uh, the Giant human Atlantic. population. You know, you know what I mean. Why would we go and build like a billion robots to serve every human being? You know how when you really think about that, doesn't that make no sense? Like the Earth is bursting at its seams, and we want to build like a freaking yeah. robot for every household. Science, science fiction doesn't make sense. It's stupid. It's called fiction. The guys who made the um, but when you think it's like you're like you know what that sucks. I don't like that. The guys who are taking our jobs. made the, uh, what was it? It was, it was the they Higgs Boston. The Higgs Boston particle. Those guys won the um, Nobel uh, Award for, for Science. For who chemistry. are they? They're the guys that. They did Breaking Bad. No. They made Blue Math? They <laughs> made Blue Math. <laughs> 96%? What? what? You made that, Chris? 98%? It's no, not cloudy? They <laughs> <laughs> Shines when you put it up in light? No, they, they they found the particle that uh, is considered "quote unquote" dark matter. Oh yeah, the Higgs boson particle. I wrote. I think I even talked about this before. I did. I wrote a uh, a spec storyline thing. We were supposed to come up with different horror because we were doing horror stuff in one of my classes, and I came up with a horror uh, movie that was based around dark matter. Scientists uh, uh, used dark matter, opened up a portal, and sharks came out. No, but that probably would have gotten made. But the whole point of it was, like, they were studying dark matter. They did something with dark matter, and it caused the dark matter to, like, open up into a portal, and, like, monsters, aliens came in through the portal. So what's, so what's dark matter? Well, that's what my professor oh, uh, said. Yeah. She was like, "That what's what you made this up? And I was like, no, it's, like, it's science. It's been around. It's science. <laughs> exactly, it's science. It's science, just like blue meth. Come on, come on. yeah, come nice. on, lady. Nobel. I got like fifteen <laughs> Nobel prizes because I make meth and I know what dark matter is. That <laughs> support like a whole country. Yeah, give me a break. But I just remember that I was like, "What do you mean? You don't know about dark matter?" I told her it was like, "No, it's a real thing. Check it out. Get, switch my C plus to like an A, please." After you read about dark matter, because I didn't just like pull it out of thin air. It's for reals. Timmy's tired. Timmy, we have five minutes. Roughly five minutes. Why are you so tired? Because I didn't get enough sleep last night. That's why. Were you partying? Yes. He actually was. I saw him. I know. I know. It was long night. How many drinks did you have? I stopped drinking after a while. So. He doesn't even know when that was. I stopped yeah, at I some point. <laughs> I stopped. That's how I got here. So. Yeah, I stopped. That's when I passed out. I was getting too gritty. That. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I'm getting so gritty. Me yeah. and my bro socks. Yeah, I think it's slimy at that point. You're getting slimy. Me and Johnny go. 
in my bro socks. <laughs> going to beards. We had, um... Shout- Dude, do you still play Words with Friends? Mm-hmm. Do people still play that? Yeah. Right. People still playing it. Uh, what was it? Shadowloo Showdown? Oh, Australia. Good day, mate. Um, what was it? Tokido 1 AE with Gamer Beat coming second. And then... Zian. Um, Zian 1 Marvel. And KOF. And what? KOF. Nobody must have shown up. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's sad. Uh, no, I'm not. That's not. It's just... Yeah, I, I understand. You know, he beat Tokido in the sur- final. A lot of people were surprised, but I think the only people didn't travel, like yeah, from the I don't U.S. Think so I, I think the only American person that I could see winning was Clockwork. That was there. No, oh. and I didn't see anybody else from America. But he's not like grinding. He's not like in the yeah, lab. He is. He is? Yeah, he is. I thought he was. No, he is like, like sponsored doing no. production stuff. No, or something. he's he's definitely he's getting in there. Yeah, he's getting in there. All right then. No, his tech is good. And he's still playing Amis. No, he plays. No, Doom. he plays Doom Virgil Strider. Okay, which is super nasty. Also, yeah, it's a lot of damage. I think Doom isn't super great on point, but his Doom is so good it makes up for it. Yeah, no. He's one of the few guys that can point a Doom. Really, because Doom is it's so hard to move with Doom. So. Yeah, it's it's crazy it's when you really, yeah. when you see elite dooms. I mean, <sighs> they make it look so easy. Like if you watch, yeah. I'm like, just w- when following you guys for that year and a half, and just like watching Ryan play, like seeing him move with Dormammu. If you move with like him and Doom, you're just like, wow, these guys are really slow. But they're so good at like triangle jumping and move, you know, dashing yeah. and move. It's just insane. Like it's. It's crazy. Those are, they make it look so easy, but the dexterity and stuff, it's just absolutely on point. Um Tim is queuing up Mr. Freddy. And uh I got absolutely blown up at Friday Night Magic. I went and drafted Theros for the yeah, first time. Me and Pete. I got blown up and went one and three. Was it really that bad? I went zero. It was pretty bad. The, the I think the draft in general wasn't very good. Nobody was very happy with yeah. it. But I did not do good. Great advice. We'll be back next week, folks. Thank you very much. We love you all. Peace. Peace. And good night. <laughs> <laughs>